orbiting 250 miles above, the space station provides us with the ultimate view of planet Earth. From this perspective, we ask our guests to engage with six questions that orbit around wonder and stories of hopefulness. For the next few minutes, this is our wonder space. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Wonder Space podcast, which is an expression of a family trust called Panapa. My name is Steve Cole, and since September 2020, I have asked the same six questions to over 100 people from around the world. It has been a joy and privilege to draw out wisdom and treasure from wonderful people over the past few years. As we reached episode 80 and 90, a few people asked how we were going to mark 100 episodes. And the answer ironically came as a result of Jazz O'Hara from Worldwide Tribe and Asylum Speakers, who was our first ever guest on Wonderspace. She invited me to an event to launch her new podcast series and introduced me to Chris Nash, who is the director of the European Network on Statelessness. As I spoke to him about his work, I acknowledge that I had never considered the issue of statelessness, which impacts the lives of over half a million people across Europe. So after a few compelling conversations with Chris that led to a walk and a meal with the ENS team, the Panaper trustees and I made a call to use our 100th episode to amplify the issue of statelessness. Before we launch into the questions, we start as we always do with wonder. I am grateful to Andrew and Lex and others from Ask Nature and the Biomimicry Institute for blowing the fuses week after week. Here is another moment to help us rewonder. Bottlenose dolphins develop lifelong friendships early on that will benefit them through shared information, cooperation, and in other ways throughout their lives. In both males and females, Dolphins choose their friends carefully, spending more time with these individuals and strengthening these bonds over decades. For males, this helps them form alliances that boost their success in securing a mate. Some males have been found to maintain these strong friendships for more than 30 years. Juvenile females also seem to understand that these friendships are important to develop and spend time bonding with unrelated females who share creative foraging strategies. When females share this type of information with each other, they can boost the survival of their calves as well. So whether caregiving or cruising, dolphins benefit from both seeking out companionship and from offering it to those they encounter. In a moment, we will orbit around our six Wonder Space questions with our guest Christiana Bukali. But here is Chris Nash, who in under two minutes unpacks the story of the European Network on Statelessness. So w when I started working on Statelessness back in 2010, um, it really was a, a forgotten issue. You know, back then there was only a handful of NGOs and academics working on the issue. You know, it wasn't on national government policy agendas. And this was contributing to stateless people being even more marginalised, you know, living in the shadows without access to their basic rights 
or the opportunity to acquire citizenship to, to end their statelessness. So I and a few of us really wanted to do something about this. And we had this amazing meeting where we all came together in London in 2012. And it was one of those meetings where the, the energy in the room was such that within an hour we had a name, a mission statement and ideas for a website. And, you know, that's how the European Network on Statelessness was born in 2012. And then since then, we've grown to have, you know, 170 members in, in 41 European countries and a staff team of, of 10. So it's really mushroomed. And I guess in a nutshell, what we do, we, we, we try and act as a catalyst to inspire change and and as a network we act as a coordinating body you know that could be supporting our members with legal advice or litigation work it could be providing them with sort of the data and information they need to lobby their governments at national level or we can act as a, an interlocutor towards the European Union or the Council of Europe or in other global processes trying to advance the rights of stateless people. Um, and last year we were pretty excited to celebrate our 10th anniversary as a network and we're really proud of what we've achieved but there, there's so much more we want to do. But but in order to sort of meet our, uh, our ambition, you know, we need to find new partners, you know, new donors and new supporters to really drive forward change because you know, we, we believe ending statelessness is possible. You can find out more about the network at statelessness.eu. Here is Chris again providing a runway into our six questions and telling us why he nominated Christiana. So when we set up ENS back in 2012, to be honest, we were a bunch of policy people. We were we were really passionate about the cause, but none of us had lived experience of statelessness. And in hindsight, you know, we weren't we weren't fully representative. So when we were putting together our last organisational strategy back back in 2018, we decided we wanted to to better centre stateless people. We wanted to make sure that they were informing and helping us to deliver our mission. And to to sort of put that in motion, we we embarked on a mapping exercise to try and find and, and reach out to stateless people and stateless groups across Europe. And and now we have a a group of uh, stateless changemakers, uh, as they like to be called, who we meet on a monthly basis. And we you know we try and facilitate a discussion space, but also to try and help enable and build their capacity to have their voices heard in you know policy arenas at national level and, and across Europe. And I guess it's through that process that we came into contact with Christiana, who was doing something a bit similar herself with her State Free Initiative. And, and we immediately gelled. She came onto our advisory committee, our board of trustees. And I have to say that Christiana and the other stateless changemakers, they really inspire me and the rest of our team in, in terms of what they do. Uh, Christiana has assumed such a leadership role on the issue in Europe and globally. Um, and I think it's really through, you know, hearing from the perspectives of people like Christiana that we can bring about change. And it's for this reason that I wanted to nominate her for your 100th uh, edition of the, of the podcast, because people need to hear her so that we can achieve the change we want to see. Christiana, it's so good to have you on board for our 100th episode. If we could do a fly past over any part of the world that is significant to you. Which place, city or country would it be and why?
I would actually prefer uh, to do a fly past in space, actually, simply because I just love to look at spaces that are maybe so free from our like human beings' need of control or for control. So I would love to actually look at a space that is that hasn't been reshaped yet, that hasn't been changed yet, and hasn't been maybe sectioned into different kinds, but is still free from um, the touch of humankind. Christiana, give us a glimpse into your life story so far, with an emphasis on what you are doing currently. I was born in Germany, I grew up in Germany, and I was born as a person who was stateless. Um, so I'm a person who doesn't have a nationality. Um, that was something that shaped my life, but... I didn't really notice as a child. I noticed that things were different, but I also noticed that my parents were very much focused on making sure that I focus on school, that I focus on education, that I focus on uh, unfolding my true potential. And so I focused on friends and fun and dancing and everything else. Um, and also started working um, in a more, yeah, happy place of corporate, meaning that I worked in communications and media. And then at some point when I grew older, um, statelessness kind of caught up in me. And that led to a situation in which I decided to actually um, focus more on the topics. And that also led to a situation in which I'm now the founder of an organization that is called State Free. We work to empower stateless people by building community with them, by creating visibility for the issue, and also by realizing the access to equal rights for them. And that is something that I decided to do, mainly because at some point I also understood that, well, I always thought that I am the only one who is stateless, that this is actually not true, but that there are up to 15 million people worldwide. And I decided that I want to be one of those people who can maybe improve something um, by actually contributing something to the change. So when we started Safe Free, we felt like what was needed is a digital space for stateless people to connect to each other, but also for them to connect to the organizations that were working on statelessness. That is something that was very important to me, especially as I understood at some point that there are organizations that are working on a topic, and I myself didn't even know. At uh, that time I was 25 and hadn't heard about any of those organizations. So we created an online platform, actually, for people to connect and to share their experiences with each other and their knowledge with each other. Um, all of that with the goal of empowering status people. And at some point we noticed that while community is very important and it's important to create a sense of belonging for people who have maybe been very isolated in their experience as a stateless person. We also noticed that true empowerment happens when people have access to basic human rights. So we decided to actually take that step, one step that I was very reluctant of because as a stateless person you are not allowed to vote. So I had kept a strong distance to politics simply because I didn't want to confront myself again with another area in life that I did have access to. Um, but we still decided um, to at least try it out. And with politics, we are currently very much focused on the German and European space. And our goal is to make sure that people who are stateless in Germany currently, we have over 122,000 people who are without nationality, something that is not known to the broader public, oftentimes also not known to politicians in Germany. And we have decided to raise awareness in politics, educate politicians on, on the reality of statelessness currently in Germany and have been very 
working very closely actually and collaborating very closely actually with members of the German parliament to um, define and identify the different parts of legislation that need to be changed in order for stateless people to actually have access. And while we do this work, we make sure that we focus it on the community. So we have been working together with stateless people in how to prioritize the different issues we are facing in how to communicate the different issues we are facing and making sure that our approach is very Community-centered. Where on earth is your place of reset or recharge? My response to this question is very cheesy, but my place of reset is definitely my mom. Um, she is a person that is extremely has a very calming and content nature. And whenever I go to visit her, I seem to forget all the stress that surrounds me and all the busyness I actually feel. And also um, the way she actually also empathizes and sympathizes with my like busyness and society's way of busy, being busy. She's just a person who has decided to not live that way. And that is something that I can then just um, take in whenever I'm in her space. What wonder of the natural world excites you the most? For me, it's mountains and forests. Um, I had the pleasure of growing up in Munich and Bavaria, so I have been fortunate enough to be surrounded by the Alps, so by mountains, but also rivers and trees and forests. And the air just feels differently when there's space to breathe, when there are not too many buildings and too noisy and crowded streets. So whenever I have the chance to be with nature and surrounded by yeah, trees or mountains, that's when I can kind of breathe deep in, uh, into my body and uh, breathe out and just feel um, who I am as a, as a human being. What is your story of hopefulness that's not your own, about a person, business or non-profit who are doing amazing things for the world? In general, as a person, I always thought of myself as a person who has a lot of hope. Um, I have to say with yeah, all the things that have been happening in the last few months, but also years since the pandemic started, I feel like this level of hope has been decreasing step by step, sometimes even without me actually noticing. And then I met a person in like two or three months ago and we were in a discussion and at some point we talked about um, what he was actually doing in life and he shared that he is currently building a school in Germany. It was a person who had an uh, Iranian background, um, came to Germany at the age of two, so also was very much aware of how it is to grow up or grow up in Germany as a maybe non-German person um, or as a person who's not perceived as a German. And what he told me was that he wants to make sure that we have schools in which children can grow up with knowledge that is decolonialized with um with content that tells them what the world actually should be like um with the curriculum that teaches them how to also interact with human beings but also with the world and with nature and actually when he shared it with me um i noticed that i started crying and that was very surprising to me i'm not a person that cries easily but in that moment i understood that i had lost so much hope for the future 
Um, although I wouldn't have thought so, but in that moment I realized that what he told me gave me so much hope because starting with children and starting with education for me seemed like something that would actually make it different in future. So currently um, that's my story of hope. Finally, Christiana, as we prepare to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere, what insight, wisdom or question would you like to leave with us? I would like to leave a quote. Um, It's a quote that a person shared with me in summer during a networking event that I attended. Um, We talked about politics and the potential for positive change. And in this conversation, I shared a lot around statelessness, around my own experience with statelessness, but also my perspective on nation states and the the relationship between nation state and the individual and then the person um, shared that quote with me which was and nationalism does nothing but teach you to hate people you never met and to take pride in accomplishments you had no part in and when he shared that um, my first reaction was actually laughing because it felt in that moment it felt like ah so that's the vocabulary that actually explains what I feel oftentimes. And it also reminded me of the of situations as a child. I often thought about why, or I asked myself why Germany wouldn't just give me citizenship. For me as a child, it was, I just couldn't understand why it would be, why Germany would make it so hard for me to actually belong, to actually get the citizenship because it's just the nationality. And why wouldn't they? Because I was born here. And when reflecting on that question, the older I got, the more I also understood that one thing that I didn't understand about it was that it would be easy for Germany to actually give me access because I used to think in, in the past, I used to think, what harm does it do to Germany if I get a citizenship? And I understood that there is actually no harm, but there are certain ideologies maybe tied to it. And that made me realize that when it comes to nationality, I feel like oftentimes there is this sense of scarcity and this this mindset of oh we can't give it away to those people oh we need to be we need to protect the citizenship and we can't just share it with people but now that i understand what statelessness is and i understand how all of this is structured i also understand that giving access to citizenship doesn't take citizenship away from another person. So actually it would be something that is very easy to share with the world. And instead of us focusing on this scarcity mindset, we should actually focus on the abundance of it because there should be abundance of human rights and there should be an abundance of nationality in that sense also. To find out more, follow on socials or to join their campaigns, go to statefree.world. On behalf of James Perry and the Panaper Board, I want to thank Christiana and Chris for being part of our 100th episode. Thanks also to all our guests who have shared their wonders and stories of hopefulness over the past two and a half years. A shout out also to Andrew Howley from Ask Nature my son Sam for his editorial work, and finally to Dan Potter from Oodle Design, who has designed and produced every episode, including the website. Let's continue to share our stories of hopefulness that makes a name for someone else, 
We need them like never before. Thanks for listening.